here we go. It's episode number five of Somewhat Bland Substance Podcast. How's it going? I'm Scott Mitchell. We've had another week of what the hell just happened. And I'm pretty sure we're really sick and tired of that. <laughs> it's uh, It's been a couple of months of not knowing really what's up and what's down at this point. Our uh, lives kind of all over the map, if you will. And of course, this week, our friends up in Fort McMurray, they've uh, been dealing with another natural disaster, of course, flooding uh, from both the Athabasca and Clearwater Rivers due to an ice jam. Fortunately, now things are starting to slowly get back to normal. The mandatory evacuations have all been lifted. Uh, they're still working on getting, you know, uh, like gas and electric service up to everybody's homes and whatnot for those who did have it cut off. And it's slowly getting to that point. But um, last week was just crazy, especially here. You know, I'm in Lac La Biche and we really came to help our northern neighbors back during the wildfire in 2016, which there is that solemn anniversary happening as well. Uh, It was May 3rd, so yesterday uh, would have been four years ago that the city of Fort McMurray, as well as some of the surrounding areas, was completely evacuated because of the wildfires in and around the city. And... Now here we're sitting four years later, and they're dealing with yet another natural disaster. I can't imagine, I've said this many times, being told to stay at home, self-isolate, social distance, but at the same time, being told to evacuate. I had some people come through uh, and talk to me when I was out and about this past week, uh, who are from Fort Fort McMurray, uh, who did evacuate to Lac La Uh, and you know, some of them, most of them, I would say were in good spirits. Some of them were a little bit down, especially, you know, the first night. And as you could probably imagine, yeah, that would be incredibly stressful. I talked to one man who said that he lost his business back during the wildfire in 2016. And then this year his house is flooding. He kind of made a joke. He's like, next time I get evacuated, I'm not stopping until I hit Ontario. Ran into the same guy a couple days later, and he was in a lot better spirits. He's like, I'm back, and I have a piece of riverfront property to sell you in Fort McMurray. It wasn't riverfront on Monday, but it is now. <laughs> you can't help but laugh, right? And you know, at that point, it's it's good to see that people are were in good spirits, you know, considering everything that's gone on in Fort McMurray last week. And of course, uh, again, uh, everybody's hearts go out to them and everybody wishes we could do a lot more, you know, but some of it was not possible due to the social distancing and self-isolation rules. And, you know, some people might have been in quarantine as well for that matter. Uh, I do want to give a shout out, though, to the people who stepped up to help out our northern neighbors during this time. Once again, uh, more specifically, uh, Sean Lucille and team over at uh, Resource One Aboriginal Business Association. Um, Sean was one of the first people that we spoke to uh, on the radio back in 2016 as he was going, 
up and down Highway 63, filling people's vehicles with gas out of the slip tank of his truck. And the organization he's involved with now, of course, Roba, as I mentioned, um, they stepped up and back on Saturday, they held a donation drive and they were filling a truck and trailer with donations to take up to Fort McMurray and they took it and delivered it on Saturday afternoon. So good on them for sure for that. And of course, to everyone who donated to that, good on you as well there. So, uh, yeah, Fantastic, you know, to see people still stepping up during the time of COVID-19 and social distancing to help those out around us. Now, speaking of people stepping up, something that really stood out to me uh, that I saw as a story over the last couple of days here is um, a lot of the schools, a lot of colleges, I should say, and even some celebrities stepping up to help those who are supposed to be graduating and convocating from their college and post-secondary. Uh, everything's kind of turning virtual now during this pandemic. I noticed uh, our college here in La Clabiche and as well with various other campuses, including St. Paul and Cold Lake, Portage College, um, they are, instead of completely canceling convocation, which of course the in-person version has, they are going to be hosting a virtual convocation in about a month where students are going to be able to celebrate their accomplishments with fellow peers, faculty, and staff. Now they're saying they're trying to replicate what they would have experienced on the day as best as possible. Of course, they won't be able to be in the same room, but they're going to be sent, uh, the students will be sent their cap and tassel scroll and information on how to connect virtually for the celebration as well. Um, it, so that is fantastic. And it's going to, you know, have a lot of the same elements as what a normal convocation would have. It would have the speeches, there would be online meeting rooms so that you could chat with the faculty and fellow students and whatnot. So it's great to see something like that happening during this time as well. And while we're on that conversation, uh, I don't know if you know uh, about John Krasinski's uh, show that he has going on on YouTube called Some Good News. Of course, the actor famously known as Jim from The Office. Well, he had a special commencement edition of that show uh, here over the course of the last week. And he had some big name guests on there. You know, he had... Um, a-listers like Oprah and Steven Spielberg, Spielberg rather, and John Stewart, they surprised graduates on this, and you know they answered questions, and uh, they also chatted with John Krasinski and gave commencement speeches on Zoom. So that was fantastic to see as well. That you know everyone is kind of coming together to help those out uh, who won't be able to have those traditional celebrations that they would and ceremonies that they would with their peers and uh, those around them and, of course, um, faculty and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, definitely some great stories coming out of what's been going on with COVID. Now, there are some other good news stories that have come out, too. Back on Friday, this is cool, uh, there's a tapas restaurant in Austin, Texas. It's called Frog in the Bowl. They opened their dining area for the first time since it was forced to close during the pandemic. 
Now, apparently, there's this man and his family. They visited the restaurant before, and they had a tab of $337 on filet mignon and some other items. So, of course, very, very expensive. He told the server to double charge them. So, that automatically went up to like 674 bucks. He then left a server a $300 tip and added an additional $1,000 for the house. That is absolutely awesome. On another note, this uh, anonymous donor in Santa Cruz, California, forked over a million dollars to be divided between all employees of Dominican Hospital. Full-timers going to get 800 bucks a piece. Part-timers getting 600 And there was this note accompanying the gift that said, thank you for standing up and staying up to care for our community. This human kindness is what makes you heroic. It's great to see people stepping up like that as well, especially to salute the frontliners. And even so, like um, Queen and Adam Lambert released a new version of We Are the Champions, and they saluted the frontline healthcare workers as part of that. So that was also very cool to see as well. And honestly, they, these frontliners, they deserve our entire utmost appreciation for years and years to come as we're going through the coronavirus pandemic. Now, completely flip side of things when it comes to good news stories, uh, who would have thought this would have been uh, something that we'd be talking about right now? There's this 89-year-old grandma who, of course, she's not even being able to see her family as she normally would. Wouldn't be able to get the visits like they normally would during this time. Her name's Ilsa Gang, and she, for her birthday, wanted to go see Lady Gaga. So, you know, she forked over a thousand bucks to go see Gaga in Vegas. But unfortunately, because of the pandemic, concert's been canceled. Everything else has been canceled. She can't go to see it. So what was really cool was uh, people close to her got together and uh, dressed up in Lady Gaga costumes and uh, kind of put on this little concert of their own for her while still physical distancing out in front of where she lives. And it was uh, actually quite cool uh, to see that as well. Uh, The story's posted everywhere you can find it. Um, And it's very heartwarming, you know, especially to see people stepping up for those who maybe they don't even know as well. Like, I'm sure there were people that were standing out watching this uh, concert go on with the people that uh, know Ilsa Gay. And they didn't have any clue what was happening, but they probably thought it was cool as well. And it truly does bring you uh, a smile to your face during this difficult time. That's for sure. So, yeah, uh, that is uh, those are some great news stories that have come out of the last week or so. Coming up, um, actually, we're going to break away here for another uh, still the number one segment with uh, my buddy Tim Gavin as we take a look back on some previous years in music. When we come back, there's some stuff we need to talk about, you know, maybe a little bit more serious, um, including the plan to reopen the economy specifically here in Alberta. It's on the way. Hang on. 
All right, we are back with another still the number one. Got Scott Mitchell joining me again. How is it going up in Lac La Biche? Uh, well, you know, we've got a whole bunch of people from Fort McMurray now. Oh, boy. That's uh, that's fun. I thought I was going to have to kick the dog back out to the living room. He tried sneaking in, but he saw me and went back. Uh, <laughs> that's because Reese is a good boy. Yeah, I, I gave him the, the side eye. I'm like, get out. <laughs> he just <Yeah>. backed away. <laughs> all right. So we're looking back on the charts this week, all the way back in 1984. And I got to admit, the charts are so much more different than i thought they would be like both the the old rpm charts which i had to go into like the secret government of canada <laughs> library archives to find i don't understand why they keep it hidden i know but still so isn't dumb. it fun when you actually do find it though oh yeah totally it's totally. like hacking into some government facility <laughs> it's like we're not supposed to be there and it's it's fun yeah, uh, notably, number one on this day on both charts in 1984 was Phil Collins Against All Odds. Yeah, and it was actually off a movie soundtrack, too. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, you know, it still holds up to this day. You still hear it played so often. Absolutely. But the movie that would that it was on, on the other hand, not so much. No, no, it's kind of gone the way of the typewriter if you will uh not necessarily viewed yeah. as often but if you're a huge fan of 80s b movies definitely worth checking out the soundtrack is actually pretty good did you know that peter gabriel was on it too yeah i did actually i uh i noted that and i know that phil collins and peter gabriel did work together quite a bit so that doesn't surprise me well yeah because they used to be bandmates in genesis yeah exactly exactly so it didn't shock me at all yeah um, there's one song that was both on the RPM singles chart and Billboard Hot 100 that I completely forgot about. Yeah, which one is that? Hollow Notes Adult Education. Oh my god, that is like my favorite Hollow Notes song. Uh, number 23 and number 15, respectively. I, uh, I haven't heard that song probably in about, I'd say, seven years or so. And then you sent the chart to me this morning, and I looked at it, and I'm like, I have to listen to that song, like, right now. <laughs> Yeah, I I actually discovered a new favorite artist just looking at this chart. It's Tracy Ullman, which is kind of random, but I was I was listening to that album this morning and let's see, she was number 13 on the charts this week back in 1984 with They Don't Know, but that whole album is a bop. Yeah, I, uh, I'll be the first to admit I haven't heard the full album. You're insisting that I do, so I will at some point today. Absolutely. <laughs> like it's, And what I like about it is that it is so unlike literally everything else that is on this chart. Well, actually, no. I guess Billy Joel, The Longest Time, that could kind of compare. It's that, it's that 1950s kind of revival kind of stuff. Also, another super surprising entry on the chart. Number nine, Eat It, Weird Al Yankovic. That's on oh, the RPM yeah. chart. And I knew you were going to mention that one. I knew you were. <laughs> hey, if, if Weird Al's showing up, I got to talk about Weird Al. He was on the uh, Hot 100 as well. Yeah, with, but... With the same song. I, further down, though. Yeah, definitely a lot further down. But I just, I find that, like very wide chart discrepancy between Canada and the U.S. I just find it fascinating. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
the the some of the other ones that I had on uh, my list uh, in at number seven, the cars. You might think. Yeah, and honestly, I like that song more than Against All Odds. I th- I think personally that should have been number one on this chart. Yeah, fair enough, and I think it's because. You know, we're, uh, it was the the time of year where you know it started getting warmer outside, and you probably wanted to have more of those like feel good upbeat songs, and instead you had a ballad in at number one. Yeah, but you know, ballads were the big thing in the eighties. True that. Uh, number seventeen, Steve Perry, Oh Sherry. Oh, that's such a good one. Uh huh. Number thirty nine uh, on the Canadian charts. Oh, I didn't look at what. Which one was that? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying now. Duh. Yeah. And <laughs> speaking of Canadian music, there is not a lot of CanCon on this chart. Yeah, okay, yeah. I had written down on my uh, sheet here to chat about the CanCon side of things as well. Yeah. Um, like, how, like looking six at songs Canadian out of the top 50. Days, six songs out of the top 50 on the RPM uh, were CanCon. Yeah, and I bet that is that number a lot bigger now, or are the Canadian artists just higher up on the chart than they used to be? I feel like you know, um, there's a lot of Canadian artists who have also broken into the states and whatnot more in this day and age. You look at Drake and The Weeknd and um, Loud Luxury and whatnot, and those songs all still count as Canadian content. Yeah. Uh, and and they're still big in the states. Like even Drake just released Hootsie Slide, and it's already climbing the charts pretty yeah. quick. Say what you want about Drake, though, but I find that he actually does the best job out of all the Canadian artists of like still repping Canada. Yeah, and um, still allowing radio to play his songs as Canadian content. <laughs> exactly. Instead of you know. <laughs> Sean Mendes, uh, Justin Bieber, uh, <laughs> literally everyone. Well, actually, no. The Weekend also still reps yeah. Canada a lot. Like, all, I think I have yet to see one of his songs not be CanCon. There is one in the night is not CanCon. Really? Yeah, it was produced in the states. Huh? Yeah, uh, and I, I would assume also written by Americans, so it would only have the A. I remember inquiring about that when it came out because we were going to add it, and uh, the answer I got was that it was only the artist coding. Yeah, right. By the way, do you remember that song that The Weeknd did with Travis Scott and, uh, gosh, who else? SZA? You remember that one they did for the Game of Thrones soundtrack? Oh, pa- um... Was that CanCon? No, uh, no, that wouldn't have been CanCon. Power is power. Power, yeah, power is power. That's the one you're talking about. Uh, But on that list of the CanCon songs um, from this week in 1984, the new entry at number 50 was Platinum Blonde, Standing in the Dark. Yeah, Uh, which which I think is probably even the best Canadian song that is on the charts here, too. Um, hmm. We'll argue about that in a couple. Number 34 was Martha and the Muffins, Black Stations, White Stations, which when you sent me 1984, for whatever reason, that song popped in my head just because of the line, uh, stand up and face the music, this is 1984. <laughs> we still got the year right. Uh, nine, uh, number 32 was actually a cover of the free song All Right Now by Sanders. I haven't heard that cover. 
I, I had to listen because I'm like, is this actually going to be a cover or is this a different all right now? And it was a cover. Yeah. Um, this Number is the one that holding out for a hero. <laughs> well, this is the one I was going to argue with on the CanCon. Number yeah. 30, Corey Hart, Sunglasses at Night. Standing in the Dark is a better song. You're I wrong. like Sunglasses at Night, but You're wrong, but it's OK. No, no. Platinum Blonde. <laughs> Platinum Blonde over Corey Hart any day of the week. Uh, number 27, though, I found this one interesting. The Pucka Orchestra with their one-hit wonder, Listen to the Radio. Yeah. Uh, and number 19 was Sherry Keene, I Want You Back. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I find super interesting about this chart is like just how many songs like did really well at the time. But when you like listen to like any of like classic hit station you just never hear these songs no they don't hold out like um, to all the girls i've ever loved before julio iglesias and willie nelson yeah that's not on automatic the pointer sisters you don't hear anymore rocket um, by herbie hancock even you go to number six and rick springfield loves somebody even number two lionel richie hello you don't hear as often as you probably should yeah, but I, I do hear it a fair bit. It does get played, but just not as often as one would think. Yeah. Um, also on this chart that I wanted to mention, um, some other songs. I know we mentioned The Longest Time, but um, number 19, John Cougar Mellencamp, The Authority Song. Oh, yeah. and well, I, uh, I hear that one all the time. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, and another one that was way down on this chart, of course, it was Climbing at the time um number 36 was duran duran the reflex yeah and that would actually go up to number one just a few weeks later yeah exactly like that was a huge song for them mm-hmm. so. yeah, they, had, they had a lot of bangers like i know nowadays mostly people just talk about hungry like the wolf but go back listen to their back catalog Duran Duran actually have some amazing songs. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, you look like uh, at Rio and Girls on Film and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, going back to what you mentioned there about songs you don't hear as often on um, classic hits radio and whatnot. Uh, for example, like Slade, Run Runaway. Yeah. Well, that was on this chart. Definitely. But I think Great Big C kind of filled that void in the 90s when they did their cover. Uh, at least up here you in still Canada. You, you still don't hear their uh, cover all that often, even though it is considered CanCon. Yeah. Um, what else is on this list that... Uh... Oh, how about um, Here Comes the Rain Again by Eurythmics? Great song, mm-hmm. but most of the time you just hear Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, and that's it. Uh, I would say you hear Here Comes the Rain Again quite a bit. Not as often um, as I, th- I think it deserves, though. Fair. Yeah. There's oh, the third Eurythmic song that's really popular. What the hell is it called? That's the one you don't hear as often. Uh, Missionary Man? Nope. That's not the one I'm thinking of. Okay, because that's, that's another really good song. Um, Ghost actually does a really good, uh, good cover. Would I Lie too. to You is the one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, because like, I, I, I've i probably heard that, but I can't even like think of the song right now. i got to go back and listen to that. For sure. Yeah. Um, also, number 55 on this chart, Radio Gaga by Queen, down 20 spots from the yeah, week that, before. Yeah, and it only peaked at, what, like number 16 or something? Yeah, and that song's like better than 
so many songs on this list. <laughs> but then again, the U.S. did not like Queen that much in 1984. No. All because of the music video for I Want to Break Free. Um, and then uh, also another one that I noticed here, um, Genesis Illegal Alien. Yeah, so Phil uh, Collins knocking it out on the charts twice. Yeah, uh, that was at number 49. Yeah. Ooh, number 65, David Gilmore from Pink Floyd with one of his solo songs, Blue Light. Oh, yes, yes, I forgot about that one. Yeah, which David Gilmore isn't a huge fan of that particular album from what I've heard. Right. Yeah. Um, his later solo stuff is great, though. Also on this list, number 68, where Frankie goes to Hollywood and relax. So close. And above it, <laughs> I, I, I see what you did there. Yeah. Number 67, Wang Chung, Dance All Days. Yeah. Which is, I think... I, it's their only other big hit, but dang, other than, is it a good yeah, song. Other than everybody have fun tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and... You, you scroll further down the list and there's um, other songs that you don't hear about as often, but you know they're there, uh, like In Excess and Original Sin. Yeah. Um, Which I can't. I thought that came out later, but I know, I know that for In Excess, that was like their first like big breakout hit worldwide. But that's that song is like off their off their third or fourth album, I think. And it's one that you hear the odd time, but it's not one that really holds out in today's day and age. Yeah. I still love that song, though. But then again, In Excess is one of my all-time favorite bands. The ones you'll hear more often, of course, are like Never Tear Us Apart and Need You Tonight and Suicide Blonde, Devil Inside, etc., etc. Yeah. Like all their late 80s, maybe up to early 90s, if you're lucky. But yeah, you um, don't hear Original Sin all that often at all. Yeah. And let's see, right at number 100, Adam Ant with Strip, which is a song I had honestly never heard of. I thought I, he was, I knew of I thought Adam he, Ant. I thought he only had goody two-shoes, to be honest. No, actually, no, Adam Ant has some great songs. Like, legit. But a one-hit wonder at the end of the day. Yeah. Actually, one thing that I found out, I was watching this um, this in excess biopic. I had to like go through a whole bunch of hoops just to watch it because it's like it's exclusive to Australia, but really well acted. And Adamant is like actually seen in the movie well as a character because in excess's first tour of North America was opening up for Adamant, and I think literally halfway through the tour, they decided that in excess was going to headline. Really? And Adam Ant would be the opener halfway through that tour. That's odd. It is, but you that's don't do like it. how fast they shot up. Wow. That's, yeah, that's something you would never, ever hear of in this day and age. Definitely not. So, but yeah, that's, uh, it was a, a 1984 overall good year for music. It was like that was it's a pretty solid year for pop music. I I can think of a whole bunch of like songs that I would consider my favorites. Oh, another one on here. Talk, talk. It's my life. Oh, yes. Yeah. And talk, talk. Another hugely underrated 80s band. And they have like so many great albums, especially like 
the stuff that's like towards the end of their career which they actually ended up releasing on a jazz label right yeah but so Uh, good definitely recommend you check it out i want to mention unlike last week there were actually a number of number ones in 1984 like 20 of them and not just like nine yeah (laughs) like it's kind of amazing once you get to about the 90s that's when the chart started like looking more the same and the longest runs out of the two of or out of the whole charts in 1984 there were two of them and they only went five weeks was van halen jump and prince when doves cry yeah so. Which, I mean, it's it's hard to top those songs. It really is. Oh, totally. But you know what? They had to be beaten at some point. And, um, you know, uh, Jump was eventually forced out by Footloose. And When Doves Cry eventually forced out by Ghostbusters. Man, Footloose beating out Jump. I- I'm sorry. That's just like, that just feels wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was on a huge movie. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, like, and I like Footloose, but it just feels it feels like a step down. It really That's does. That's another thing about 1984. There's a lot of like movie music. Oh yeah, on the, uh, uh, that hit number one. Like, uh, of course, we mentioned Against All Odds. Footloose was there. Um, Let's hear it for the boy was another movie song. Um, Ghostbusters. You name it. It probably was on here. Oh yeah. So it was a definitely the 80s, you could say, was a, a big time for movie music crossovers in terms of radio charts and whatnot. Definitely. Actually, that's another great topic for another day is like movie soundtracks, not just in the 80s, but I think in the 90s, too, because there are a lot of great movie soundtracks from the 90s that have definitely aged better and completely outshined the movies that they came from. Absolutely. I would agree with you there 100%. Yeah. So what do you think? Against all odds, take a look at me now. Does it still hold up? Does it still deserve to be number one? I'm going to go with yes, just simply because of the popularity that's still behind the song. And any time people take a listen to it it's um it's almost like it brings back memories for them and that's i guess also the good sign of you know um a classic hit song that it could still hold out today is if you can bring back that memory unique to somebody uh that would be completely different than the next person absolutely and what about you um I would say it definitely does deserve to be there because even though I do like some songs a little bit more, I think it earns that spot not just because it's a great song and like I'd say it earned that spot just because it was a good song and not because of the movie because nobody talks about that movie anymore, but everyone still talks <laughs> about Against All Odds, Take a Look at Me Now, and it's still one of the best breakup songs. Uh, I actually remember listening to it a lot after my last breakup too. <laughs> Well, that just got depressing in a hurry. <laughs> eh, you know what? It, it, it light it lightened the mood. That's fair it, enough. Yeah, that that song that song did help a little bit. So I wouldn't say it's to, it's totally depressing, but you know, Phil Collins, that was like he says it was the moment that he went from just being a musician to being like a full songwriter too. And with with his solo output afterwards, I can definitely see that. So yeah, Phil Collins still number one.
All right, that was, of course, uh, the segment still the number one that I'm doing with my pal Tim Gavin of the Tim Gavin Show. By the way, don't forget to check his out as well wherever you get your podcasts. You can find the uh, his show there too. He talks a lot about music, so it kind of falls along the same line. Coming up in just a few minutes, I want to chat about the latest thing to hit 2020. I guess you could say it was something that was brought up on social media over the weekend. Something that's been discovered now in North America. And honestly, I'm just like so tired of 2020 by this point. That's coming up. First, so I wanted to chat about the reopening of the economy and Alberta's relaunch strategy. Of course, Over the course of the weekend, uh, golf courses could reopen. They opened vehicle access on public lands and parks and boat launch access in some provincial parks as well. And today, AHS resuming some scheduled non-urgent surgeries, as well as dentists and physiotherapists, etc., etc. They can resume services as long as they follow approved guidelines that will be set by their professional colleges. So yes, they got to follow those. And of course, that is the case. And these professional colleges, they probably know what's best, if you will, for some of these um, regulated healthcare workers, if you will. And then as early as May 14th, Restrictions are going to be lifted on some retail businesses like clothing, furniture, and bookstores, all farmers, market vendors, um, hairstylists, barbershops, more scheduled surgeries and dental procedures, physiotherapy, chiropractic, optometry, and similar services. Uh, Also as part of that, cafes, restaurants, pubs, and bars can reopen at 50% capacity, but people will not be able to go to the bar to order drinks. It needs to be served at the table museums and art galleries, some additional outdoor recreation, daycares and out-of-school care with occupancy limits, summer camps with occupancy limits, and that could include summer school. So those post-secondary institutions will continue course delivery, but method of online, in-person, or blend will depend on the restrictions in place at each phase. And of course, timing is to be determined on, you know, stage two, which is like schools and libraries and larger gatherings, uh, movie theaters, as well as in stage three, which is going to be fully reopening with some restrictions and um, concerts and major sporting events, gyms, industry conferences, pools, you name it, Um Of course, stage two and stage three timing is to be determined. But as for stage one happening, you know, kind of right now and into May 14th, when they're kind of expecting tentatively right now to open some of these things, I agree with, you know, reopening the economy. People want to get back to work. Speaking from experience here, I do want to get back to work as well. But I just really, really hope that it's not too soon. That's, I guess, my concern, if you will, is that we're doing this way too early, considering um, how many cases we've been seeing uh, day after day here in Alberta, and it's typically into the three digits. Now, over the weekend, 
Only 96 cases were reported, or 97 on Saturday, 96 on Sunday, I should say. 47% of all cases have recovered. So I'm cautiously optimistic that things are starting to flatten out here in Alberta. I, I don't think we've hit our peak yet in this first wave of COVID-19, but I could be wrong. I said this before in a previous episode that this whole virus has been completely unpredictable, right? So um, it's kind of a day-by-day information keeps getting changed sort of idea, if you will. And we're learning new things every day about COVID-19. So while I agree with getting people back to work, I just hope that it's not too early. And you may agree with me. You may disagree with me. That's your prerogative. Um, You could certainly... Everyone's entitled to their own opinion in this situation, right? Um, something else that's hitting in 2020 is murder hornets. Never thought I would say those two words together. They're now invading North America. Now, basically what they are, they're this invasive, dangerous species, also known as the Asian giant hornet, which could kill off the continent's entire bee population if no one steps in. So it destroys hives. They also have stings that are said to be incredibly painful and can even go through like beekeeper suits. So biologists and beekeepers are working together to place traps and spray carbon dioxide in areas where these hornets have been spotted for now that's limited to Washington State, Vancouver Island, and then they just say in Canada, as if Vancouver Island is not a part of Canada. I would assume, though, you know, more or less along, um, you know, in Western BC and stuff like that. Apparently in Japan, uh, the Asian giant hornet colonies are already well established and the predatory insects kill up to 50 people a year. So that's fantastic. Just something we needed in 2020, right? Just another level of Jumanji, if you will. (laughs) Oh, but yeah, uh, hopefully they do get a tight grip on that sooner rather than later so you know we're not dealing with asian giant hornets in the midst of a covid19 pandemic as well um but this whole you know it kills up to 50 people a year in japan uh some people would argue that the the flu still kills more people so yeah yeah let's let's not provoke the covid idiots though right (laughs) um something i want to finish out with here today is uh something I enjoy talking about a lot on my radio show uh, when I'm actually at work is Florida man and Florida woman and the crazy things that go on in Florida. We really haven't heard much about what Florida man and Florida woman have been doing and what they've been up to during COVID-19. But now we have a little bit of an update. These are two stories that happened over the course of the last week. Uh, A first one. Random dude, uh, he was arrested at Disney World in Orlando last week. Yeah, Florida man had been quarantining himself on one of the resort's private islands. His name's Richard, told deputies that he'd been on Discovery Island since early last week and planned to camp there for at least a week. And deputies said that Florida man stated he was unaware of the no trespassing signs and that it looked like a tropical paradise. Disney security rep also said she saw a Florida man using a company boat before he was arrested on a trespassing charge. 
sometimes Florida man just makes you say why. And this is one of those situations like, was he drunk? Was he high the entire time this was going on? Not really sure, but Florida man, certainly crazy. Um, This might also prove it, but this one takes a little bit of a darker turn. Uh, Florida TV reporter handed her microphone to Florida man. This Florida man was dressed as the Grim Reaper. Now, this happened back on Friday. The state was reopening its beaches, which is obviously way too soon. And California even agrees with that. And they've actually closed their beaches and people cannot go on them because of what's been going on with the coronavirus. Um, The Grim Reaper, Florida Grim Reaper, I guess you could say, said it's premature that we open our beaches. I think it's going to prolong the recovery we have, which I mean, absolutely. But, you know, Florida be crazy. And really, um, not really sure what it's going to take for them to learn the lesson here that it's probably way too soon. Uh, So, yeah, that's what Florida Man has been up to over the last little while during COVID-19. It's a couple of weeks there we didn't hear from him. Maybe he was actually self-isolating as well, but probably not. That is it for episode number five of Somewhat Bland Substance Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. You can follow me on Facebook. You can also basically on any social media. You can find me at Scott Mitchell FM uh, on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it. It's there. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. And we'll talk to you next week. Stay safe.